0: This is the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the best tactical and statistical analysis of Liverpool FC.
1: Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Analyzing Anfield, your tactics and analytics podcast, courtesy of the Blood Red channel. I'm Josh Williams and I'm joined by the Trooper, David Hughes, who I believe is a little bit under the weather. How are you getting on, Dave? yeah i'm all
0: right mate it's uh it's definitely not corona so i don't want any allegations um yeah i'm just yeah feeling a bit a little bit off last day or two but uh don't want to miss the show by any means so here we are ready to talk about uh about liverpool
1: yeah i mean although you might not be 100 percent, you probably sound better than you did last week and i hopefully do as well because we've we've reached the point of lockdown well it's not locked anymore but We've reached the point of working from home whereby we have upgraded the audio. So we're both speaking from high tech pieces of kit today um, and we'll be moving forward. So hopefully we sound a bit clearer. Hopefully we sound like we are coming out the office as opposed to coming from our bedrooms. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to get into the football anyway. So, analyzing our field. So, we're going to talk about Leeds United. Um, the match just gone. And we're going to look ahead to Chelsea. Um not a lot else going on, so uh, specifically in terms of transfers and things like that, so if it's a shorter episode, it's a shorter episode, but we're we're gonna get into it anyway so yeah, Leeds united um did you go dave yeah, yeah, that was there yeah yeah what did you uh, what did you think then general thoughts on the game
0: um a bit mad you know we we i feel like we did kind of in this show last week um allude to the fact that this won't just be kind of your traditional champions versus a newly promoted side. You know, did we predict it would be 3-2 at half time or something similar? No, definitely not. Um, but we did anticipate something might be a little bit strange and yeah, it was just a, an absolute wild game. Really enjoyable, I must say. And yeah, thoroughly enjoyed the full 90 minutes. I don't know if all Liverpool fans did. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, really, really interesting game. Yeah, I mean I, I like to think I mean tell us if, if if we're wrong but I like to think that we previewed it quite well in terms of um you know two really intense teams two attacking sides. Um obviously we, we didn't expect seven goals. But I think we I think we actually predicted 2-1 maybe Dave. I think we both predicted the same score. Yeah, we uh, we definitely had both teams to score didn't we? Definitely. Uh,
0: and maybe a what, you know, a goal in it. Uh, in terms yeah. of a, a victory, and that's that's what
1: turned out to be just a couple more goals than we expected. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was gonna it was always going to be an intense game, you know, Jurgen Klopp against Marcelo Bielsa. Um, played out roughly as I expected in terms of the actual play and the performance and all that sort of stuff. But I must admit, that I, I I didn't expect. It, you know, if you'd have said to me last week, with five minutes left, Liverpool will be drawn three three. You know, I I wouldn't have predicted that. I didn't think Liverpool would um, leave it as you know, you know, leave it leave it so close to the finish line before actually managing to get over the line with the three points. Hmm. Um, But in terms of the match, twenty two shots for Liverpool against six for Leeds United. Um, Four shots on target for Liverpool against three for Leeds United, and the expected goals three point three. For Liverpool, that's including penalties and 0.6 for Leeds um, Now, if you look at those numbers, it's it's quite probably quite surprising that it's at four three, isn't it? Mm. Um, and obviously, Liverpool taking 22 shots and only hitting a target for them. You know, not really very good at all. But you know, I don't I I about you, but I, I found myself and I have found myself in the in the in the days since really frustrated by the the expectation on liverpool's side and the the criticism of 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 the defense um i tweeted about it at the time it, anyone who f- follows me on twitter and is active on twitter will, will probably know all of my thoughts already because i've talked quite a bit about it it's, it's it's wound me up a little bit um have you agreed dave or have you you know understood you know the perceptions and so, um,
0: I would probably say I'm somewhere in between those people and, and yourself. So I read your piece on the on the Echo, which I'm surprised you didn't plug. You know, it's a good read. Thinking it definitely gives an alternative view on, on matter.
1: Um, you know, is that segue for you to plug it now? <laughs> well, if you, if you want to go and read it, it is on the Echo, and it's on it's on my Twitter at Distance Covered. It was just a piece on yeah. on, on on my. My perspective on things, I, th- I think it's, it's really easy in, in situations like, like, like the match against Leeds to just, um, say, oh yeah, three points, but th- the defence has to improve. Yeah, I think you it's very easy to, to overlook the fact that Liverpool have just scored four goals, um, and usually do score four goals in, in games of this nature. And oh, yeah. in games of this nature, there's usually underlying reasons as to why you can't be as controlled as usual. On the defensive side, so yeah, if you want to go and read that, it's on the echo. Um Yeah, but yeah, I mean, carry um, on, so,
0: yeah. So where I where I stand is, I do think there were some mistakes in there, but then I also believe that a lot of you know, it's. I'm really conscious of how I articulate this point because I just don't want to sound like. Um, what's the term I'm looking for? I don't want to sound like I'm rubbing it in and I'm at the game where so many people are stuck at home. You know, people who deserve to be there more than me anyway. Um, But what I do find, if I start on the positive, is I don't think the cameras capture um, how difficult Liverpool's defensive line is to bypass. Um, There's so many times I was watching the Leeds try and attack and so many false runs where they, they, were, they were trying to beat the beat the offside track, beat the line. Um, but the, it's just near on impossible. You, you, you're given the slimmest of windows in, the, in a split second to play the ball where the, the attacker is going to stay onside and run onto it. And honestly, there must have been 10 or 12 times where someone like Bamford is, is waiting on the shoulder, commences his run and the ball doesn't go, or when it does go, he's miles offside. And it's it's so effective in nullifying an attack, especially in a side like Leeds. You can go from back to front quite quick when you want to. Um, so on, on one hand, I think that's a really good example of how, how you know, it's not always justified to keep kind of picking on the, the defence and things like the high line, which seems to kind of spark plenty of debate. Um, but in terms of a negative, I guess. There was two things for me that stood out in the game. One is the obvious one, Van Dyke's. Yeah, Van Dyke's era. Um I just think what we're seeing a little bit, Josh, and I feel like we've spoke about this before. But what we what we liked about Van Dyke so far was it always felt like he was willing to do the uh, the old school stuff if he had to. And what I'm talking about he's willing to just oof it into the stand to clear the way de- danger. It doesn't always need to be anything too, too fancy, you know, or too um, chauvinistic. Okay, I don't know. Maybe that's not the right term, but he, he he always had that element of I'm just happy to, you know, just be a, a defender and clear the da- danger first and foremost. And I do feel like maybe it's because he he's so good uh, and he's been so well celebrated everywhere. Really, he's considered probably the best defender in the world. Now, I do wonder if maybe he's just being a little bit too casual. Um, and that that might sound like a lazy comment by me but if you look at obviously the one against Arsenal which was under different circumstances at the back end of last season and this one now he could have easily cleared his lines there and it, it it's like he's trying to think about I've already dealt with this danger I'm thinking about maybe recommencing a counter-attack for ourselves Um, and in reality probably could have just cleared the ball away from danger and just done the basics that he was doing so well in the first kind of 18 months. Now he's still he's still unbelievable. So how much can you really criticize him? I don't I don't think you can that much. But something I did notice, and then one other point that I just want to make really quickly, Josh is, uh, I thought for the third goal there was there was an error too. Um, I think I understand. You make a really good point about how many players attacked for leads, and it's it's quite rare uh, to see that and to deal with that. But I think if I wonder if I can maybe share. Something now, two seconds. I don't know if we can share. Yeah, I'm just going to bring something up now, just to show exactly what I mean. And it's um, it's the basically, it's apologies if uh, if you are listening rather than watching. Um, obviously it's not ideal, but if you are, this can be viewed on YouTube for those that want to go and see. Yeah, exactly. So we just have a look here. Um, as the as the dangers begin to build. I can't remember who's the lead attacker who's who eventually scores. I can't remember his name.
1: Uh, um, is it
0: Cleef? Yeah, yeah, it is. He's signal just in front of Jones and behind Ronald where he wants the ball to go. Now, I think Jones is still a really inexperienced player, He's still young. So although he he should probably track that run, I'd be looking at to the to at the left of our pitcher there, I'd be looking at Robertson and Gomez. Oh sorry, Trent and Gomez um, to be shouting there for someone to track him because they can see this danger unfolding. Um, and obviously what happens is neither do. Um, and we get into this position where he's basically able to run in, take a touch and then fire it into the goal. As I said, I think, yeah, you could maybe get on on Jones' as back with one of the midfielders for not tracking in. But I, I think ideally, really, you want to see better communication from the defence because they've got the full picture in front of them um of what's yeah. of, of what's happening and that doesn't happen. So I think if we're talking about two errors, maybe I'd, I'd be flagging them, but I agree it's not as desperate as, as maybe you've as sorry, as other people tried to make out forcing you to kind of counter that.
1: Yeah. I, I think I think a lot of my point was and is to do with what what do you expect almost um and I think with Liverpool being such a complete team now the the expectation is always you know a controlled defensive performance because that's what we've got used to for the past two years. That's what Liverpool do when they're on form. But I think when you play teams like Leeds, Leeds are mental. And when you play teams like Leeds and you play teams like Salzburg and Chelsea at the back end of last season, they are crazy on the attacking side. Um, You know, know, every now and then, Liverpool will face a team like that and they, they will come to our field and they will think, you know what? We're gonna go for it, basically, and they, and they won't really adjust. They won't really show Liverpool much respect, and they'll attack as though they're attacking Burnley or Newcastle or Brighton or you know whoever you want. Um, and you, I think Liverpool, when that happens, keep attacking at you know in the same way almost, and it's it's kind of like it's it's proper attacking football. Is what it is really. It's it's two teams both showcasing attack and football. Um you know, there's, there's virtually no midfield, complete disregard for what for the concept of what a midfield is. Um and the ball just seems permanently in transition. I referenced basketball in, in the piece because it kind of is you have a go, we have a go, end to end. And that that's just kind of what happens when you face a team. That are, that are so attacking. When you face a team that are as attacking as Liverpool, and, um, you know, again, apologies for those who are listening, but you mentioned earlier, Dave, about about false runs. I think this is probably the perfect vis for that. Um, can you see that? Yeah, I mean, we got that up now. Well, that's, that, that's pretty much what you what you were was describing, wasn't it? I mean, that, that's what yeah. you're dealing with. I mean, from a perspective of Liverpool's back line there, uh, that is scary. You know, if you, every every Liverpool defender there, if you look at Trent, if you look at Gomez, Van Dijk and Robertson, every single centre, every single defender has got a player to his left and a player to his right. Um, you're looking over your shoulder as well, you, as well as trying to look forward where the actual ball is. It's difficult to deal with, isn't it?
0: Mm. No, um. what's interesting with that, though, and it, it, it kind of reaffirms the point I was making earlier, is there's only really... Actually, no, you wouldn't even say that there's not one player that could be, um, could receive the ball in, in, that, in that moment because of the, the way Liverpool's defence is set up. Like they're all offside. So yeah. theoretically, you've got four attackers there who are unable to, uh, get, get involved in the, uh, in the passage of play, really, unless they have to drop back in. Um, I think just, Whilst you're making a separate point, I think it's just good to point that out now that that's how difficult really it can be to bypass Liverpool's defence, you know, in these in these moments.
1: Yeah. Um, but I I just felt I just felt like it was a bit it was a bit harsh almost to to, to look at the performance and another kind of um you have a go, we have a go type match that Liverpool have had a few of. You don't have that many anymore because so many teams are almost afraid to, to, to do it with Liverpool. But when you, when teams do, it's, it, it's incredibly hard to, to be in control of your own defence when you've got so many players running that year in all different directions, so many rotations, all that sort of stuff. I um, know the little photo here, I think this is probably one, one of the best to capture me points. You know, look, look, look at that. I, 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 that, is, that is difficult to defend against. Mm. Um, you've got four players there in the box, two players on the verge of entering it. In fact, no, three players on the verge of entering it. That photo you showed before of uh, Matthias Cleek's finish, at that point, there was, there was five players in the box at that time. So it's it's just difficult. And if if you look at Liverpool's midfield and where Liverpool's midfield where Liverpool's front three maybe is and all that sort of stuff, maybe getting more players back is the answer. Maybe encouraging more players to stay behind the ball is the answer. But then you you lose a bit on the attacking side. You will you will lose a bit when you get the ball and are able to counter attack and all that sort of stuff. And I think that was that, that was one of the concluding points in my piece, just you know, along the lines of like it it was just proper attacking football, mm. you know, Klopp and a fellow on the opposite side who's of the same mould, really, um, in terms of just the belief in in getting players forward, attacking as a unit, defending as a unit, and um, I just I just felt like it was it it's, it was really easy, really simplistic. To uh, uh, after the match, say, "Oh, Liverpool won." Scored four goals, but you can see the, three. the defense has to improve. And just you know, there's a reason we can see the three against Salzburg. There's a reason we can see the three against Chelsea. We had a, a, a bit of an issue last season against Norwich on the defensive side. We only conceded one, but they were perceived to have caused us problems. Mm. But it's because the, these are teams that have came to Anfield, brave, and have tried to go toe to toe with Liverpool. Um, fair play for doing it. You know, because at the end of the day, there's, there's there's almost two approaches. Really, there's there's the the lie down approach of, you know, <clears throat> we would try and leave here with a point by hanging on for ninety minutes, mm. and there's there's the, there's the proactive approach of of going at Liverpool and trying to take take your face into your own hands sort of thing, and not many teams do it because of because they're aware that Liverpool and Klopp's biggest strength throughout the course of his career has been in transition, mm. but every now and then a team has a goal. And Leeds were one of them. Liverpool won the game and you usually win these games. And, you know, someone said to me, um, obviously Liverpool managed to win the match with a, a late penalty. What Would you be writing this piece if, um, if Liverpool had drew the match? So it's good point, you know, it's a, it's a fair comment, but I said to him, you know, if we're talking about what ifs, Liverpool took 22 shots, Leeds took six. Leeds took three shots on target, every single one found the on net. So, in terms of what ifs, it it for me it was another example of a head-to-head toe-to-toe type match that Liverpool have got the better end of basically. Um mm-hmm. and I I I can't I can't really envisage many teams in in Europe who could go toe-to-toe with Liverpool like that and and get the better side of things.
0: Yeah. I mean, on that as well. Okay, yeah. It, 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 look, there is some fortune if you get a penalty last few minutes of the game to to you know to get the winning goal. But if you also think in the build up to that, uh, I think the corner, the pool construct a good, a really good piece of play. Um, I think it's Salah it drives forward into Mane and then into Firmino, and Firmino really fluffs his lines. Like that was that felt like a big chance. I don't know what the XG was on that, but it felt like for a player of his quality. Although he's not maybe firing on all cylinders at the moment, you'd expect a Liverpool forward to convert that. Um, so again, on that point, if you're talking about what ifs, you know, what if he scores that? It's it's four three via that goal. Um, so yeah, it's I don't think you can, you can really dwell too much on you know how the game was won. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, it was it was one four three, and yeah, I do agree. I think that's that's kind of what's good about. This Liverpool side, I think, you know, they've introduced over the last two years a, a more controlling and uh, dominating style. Um, you know, Klopp's adapted really from being that transitional manager to this kind of a manager who's got a side who really controls games. Um but if if teams do want to kind of go back to the old school and take them on, um they might have success in terms of scoring goals, but that's only half the job. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to be scoring three at the other end, you need to make sure you're not scoring 4 you're not conceding four or five in, 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 return. And that's the problem. Each side who's done that so far has got, you know, the, the, yet the, they can't find a way to get through Liverpool and score more than once. Um, but it's, it's all a waste of time. If you can't, you know, keep it, keep it solid at the other end. And, um, you can see why on that basis, many teams don't tend to adopt that approach.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if you think of those teams that I've just mentioned, uh, you know, I I did tweet about it at the time Uh, Leeds, Chelsea, Salzburg, Norwich. These are teams that you could say have made Liverpool's defence look a little bit like, you know, six and seven sort of thing, a little bit disorganised and all that sort of stuff. But you also have to then think about, well, on the day, what what was their defence like at the time? Because it usually it's 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 worse than Liverpool's. Um and it's 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 kind of the spoke a few times on the show the whole concept of double jeopardy sort of thing. It's kind of you're damned if you do, damned if you don't against Liverpool, as in you have to come if players forward so it's sorta of thing. But then you're probably gonna get done going the opposite way. Whereas if you just kind of lay down and hold on for ninety minutes you're probably going to concede one goal at least, and then you're behind and you have to chase the game, sort of thing. So, Liverpool are already good, but that's that's strategic element. Um, Guardiola spoke about it a few times, and I think Sorsky has mentioned it. Um, but just another little note on that Van Dyke thing, the um, the little letter I think ultimately he'll he'll benefit from that. Maybe he needed it. Um, and it just made me think of when we first signed Alisson. He obviously arrived for a world record theatre time for a goalkeeper. And he was doing, um Cruyff turns and, you know, he was, um he, he was lobbing opposing players with his, with his first touch and you know, all this sort of stuff. Kind of, I felt to justify his level, his ability sort of thing. And he got done away at Leicester, got the ball snatched off him, conceded the goal, made a little bit of a show of himself. And all them mad grief turns and all that that he was doing on his debut and all sorts of, all that sorts of stuff. They've stopped though. Um, so I feel like it was kind of, you know, you play with fire, you get burned. Allison got burned, learned his lesson. Maybe Van Dijk will benefit from getting burnt on the first day of the season. No points cost, but nearly did. Maybe he'll just, you know, okay, you know, sl- snap out of it sort of thing. Yeah, just go back to the kind of basics that made him so
0: successful. Not that I'm saying he's a basic defender by any means, but as I said, I always felt he had the kind of characteristics of a top defender in other areas. But then he'd also have this no nonsense approach that was was actually appealing. You know, it it just because it just feels reliable. Then you know he's not going to do anything daft. Like if I, say if you think of someone like um, John Stones, for example, I think Stones. You know is a great ball player can be a good defender but he always feels like he has a, a mistake in him and obviously van dyke's nowhere near his level in that regard but it's 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 really an off-putting quality um and as uh, you, you do kind of want van dyke if he's if he's going to kind of stay as the as the best to maybe just adopt that no-nonsense approach again and i agree maybe you can just get complacent it's just human nature and, and hopefully for 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 his sake and from a Liverpool point of view, it will kind of go back to back to basics and back to just doing what he does well.
1: Yeah, I think what what Van Dijk's good with what he's been good with since coming to Liverpool is it's the whole concept of like percentage football sort of thing. Um taking the risk when it's worth the risk, avoiding the risk when there's potential danger there, sort of thing, putting the ball on the stands when it's not worth it and all that sort of stuff. Liverpool are good with that sort of thing. Speaking of risk um, I think that's that's basically what the match was. It was proper high risk football, end to end, no midfield, and just again, want to hone in on a point that I think it's when the match is like that, and you're playing an opponent like that, it is really, really hard to defend against and and to defend with control and look. As I mean, p- people expect some people expect like Liverpool to to showcase the same level of control. That they may be well against Newcastle, who will counter attack with three players. That uh, t- to expect you know the same level of control against Leeds, who will counter attack with seven players. Mm-hmm. It's, a diff- it's a different game, and it's it's difficult to, to remain so defensively assured. And I should reaffirm as well. Liverpool faced only six shots on the day, only three on uh, three on target. Um, maybe this is a good segue to. I'm a little worried about Allison. Obviously, it's the first, first game of the season, but three shots on target, three goals from an expected goals of 0.6. Mm. It's not the best for Allison, is it? No, not really. Um,
0: especially the first one. Yeah, the first uh, one, yeah. Yeah, the, the other two you can kind of make exceptions for, but the first one, near pretty much near post, wasn't it? Just, I'm not saying they were they easy save to me because the... The not at the end of the day you know it's 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 absolute elite level football these shots are fast it's all happening within you know split seconds but it's just we know allison's capable of pulling off the saves in those situations you know because he's how good he is and um yeah he does look he, it's hard isn't it you don't want to make kind of really premature uh assumptions especially just on one game but it's just not what we're accustomed to and um, you probably would be expecting a little bit better from him if we're being if we being honest. You know, it to be conceding that many goals. I mean, how, how many did Liverpool concede all of last season? Um, well, I think I think the back end of the season.
1: Oh, was, yeah, excuse me.
0: So first uh, season was about twenty one, was it? Twenty two, I think. Yes, yeah, like So if you think what that's like, he's probably roughly like a seventh and eighth. He's conceded in one game, or he conceded in that whole campaign, pretty much. Um, which just seems bizarre, but um, yeah, probably could have done better for me.
1: Yeah. I'm just looking at his numbers, yeah. I mean, obviously it's one game. We should not be doing this. No, Um am not going to be happy. It, it, no, looking at his underperformance, overperformance sort of thing, but he's actually, according to post-Shots XG, he's, he's only underperformed by 0.9 in that game. I thought it would have been more than that considering he's conceded three goals for next year of mm-hmm. 0.6. But obviously, that captures that. They sh- maybe the shots were better than me. Better than we're giving them credit for. Well,
0: they uh, were. They were well executed, obviously. You know, they were good, yeah, yeah. good finishes. I will, say, side, but...
1: I will say as well, I, I, that's just made me think. Was the first one outside the box? Mm, was it? Josh. This is a big moment, if it is, you know, because um, mm, the only awful. goal Alisson has conceded from outside the box in the Premier League for Liverpool was direct from a corner against Burnley. And it was a foul at the time as well for me, but, you know, it didn't get given. Mm. But this would be the first from open play in the Premier League, I think, that Alisson conceded from outside the area. So
0: it's Jack Harrison. Certainly on the
1: very edge. He's running
0: in. Uh, oh, no, it's just in. In the, yeah. in the box. He lives to
1: fight another uh, another <laughs> game week. Yeah, no, just inside it was. I will say on that as well, just, I mean, it's related to what we're going to talk about next in terms of Chelsea, but I saw a stat during the Chelsea match yesterday that I think Kepa, since Kepa's debut, which is obviously the same as Allison's debut, same, same summer, has conceded 19 from outside the box <laughs> in the same period. Wow, That's, which is quite insane. Alison obviously conceded one direct from a corner, so bit of a difference there. Mm. Um, so I think one more note that I'd like to that I'd like to point out, I can't, I can't overlook him. Is Mo Salah. I thought he was absolutely on fire. I thought he was possibly the sharpest I've seen him in in a long time. Really, um, he just looked on it, didn't he? he just looked um, mm-hmm. ready to go, sort of thing.
0: Yeah, he was uh he was ludicrous. I I've actually I've actually got some numbers from that game that I, I come across this morning. Uh he took nine shots against Leeds, the most he's ever attempted in a Premier League match. He took nine shots. Yeah. Which is oh, just double check that <laughs> yeah. That, that that I imagine that's come from maybe a different provider than what we use, but yeah, it's gonna be nine there or thereabouts uh, against Leeds, which is the most he's ever attempted in a Premier League match. Uh yeah, nine according to Understats Wow. He's uh, he had twenty one touches in the opposition box as well, which is a uh, twice the amount of any other player in the league. Um, he, he was just, but he, I don't even think it was just in the attacking third. I feel like he was just a machine everywhere. Really, he was so on it. Um, you know, even that, that goal he scored was just wow. You know, from nothing really. And the, the finish was phenomenal. Um, and was it was it right footed? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, if, if it was, it didn't pick up on that at the time. Maybe I uh, maybe I'm I'm going overboard on giving him credit there, but I'll I'll have a look while you're chatting. But yeah, I thought he was uh, I thought he was brilliant. I did honestly. Uh, he looked he looked to have a new level in that game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure you've just mentioned about us. did you did you mention a shot assist there? Did? That didn't. No, he actually posted four shot assists as well. So that what, is but... you know that's, that's nine shots four shots. What left is Yeah. Said again, it was left footers. Good left touch left. with the right, and then with the left. Go and carry on, sorry. Yeah, well, you know, even if it was left footers, I couldn't do that with my feet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll have a go, like. Uh, and, but yeah, I just thought he was uh, absolutely spot on. And we seem to have very occasional notes on this show regarding fantasy football, don't we? And um, he, my plan was to get rid of him this week, but he goes and scores three. He plays that well. I just. I don't think I can touch him. He's, it, it, it's as sharp as I've seen him for a long time. Mane and but you know by contrast seemed very quiet. Yeah. Um. But yeah, maybe it. Hopefully, it's a an indication of form for Salah as opposed to just a really good day. Because he, he I, I'd I'd love to see him kind of go on a run like that where he's just so sharp and where people maybe overlook the fact that he. Gives the ball away every now and then because when he he gives the ball away a little bit less and he's that bit more, you know, that bit better with his execution, shooting and passing. He gets the credit he deserves in in games like that.
0: Yeah, but I mean, this is a really good, Okay, this is a little bit more extreme than usual, but this is just a really good um, kind of illustration of Salah, the player, isn't it? He scored three goals, but he took nine shots to get it. But that's not a negative, you No, know, He's just a, a, again using that same term, but he's just all about output, just tons of output, But you get you get the um, reward for it, basically. You know, you get you get the goals, you get the shots, assists. You know, is is that it? it, it the, almost the, the, the talent is getting into those positions and getting those shots off at, at, at such a high, you know, um, high quantity. Um, that's that's in many ways one of his, his, his best talents.
1: Yeah, just one other little side note on the match as well, which I thought was was a bit mad. Um, obviously, I spoke about high risk football, um, and that sort of stuff. If you look at the possession numbers of both teams, um, the the passing accuracy of both teams was terrible. <laughs> um. Liverpool's passing accuracy on the day was 75%, Leeds 75%. Mm. So you're, you're two teams there that are giving the ball away 25% at the time, which is, you know, a quarter at the time. So I think that offers a, a pretty clear insight into the, the amount of turnovers during the game. And,
0: yeah you know, just the
1: basketball match just yeah to further reiterate that point he did notice that um Liverpool's average
0: number of passes per possession dropped from an average of 5.77 across the past 12 months to 3.47 and that kind of links to the point you're making that it was just most likely um less passes more passes just going from defense to attack um and probably more attack minded passes which is obviously T- tend to be a little bit more difficult in terms of accuracy in terms of getting where they need where where the intended target is compared to you know we just moving it from side to side. So yeah, a bit of a bit of a wild a wild game and you know Liverpool played the
1: part. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll round up there on the Leeds match. Um but yeah, I just wanted to kind of push home the 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 fact that for me at least it's it, Liverpool's defensive Performance isn't as, you know, organised and disciplined as usual sometimes. There's underlying reasons behind that. and Especially when you're playing the team that are getting seven players into the final third, five players into the box, it, it and, and Liverpool are scoring four at the opposite end. It's difficult to a team control in a match like that. And sometimes you have to be a little bit more understanding, I think, about about what what's actually happened, why Liverpool have looked a little bit All over the place at times, despite facing only six shots.
0: Analyzing Anfield on the Blood Red Channel.
1: Next, mind you, I was going to say next match it's going to improve, but we've got Chelsea, and (coughs) you know a few months back when he came to Anfield, finished five three. So (laughs) Chelsea aren't too different, to be honest, to Leeds, in terms of the the relentless daft at times attacking. but yeah, we'll get into Chelsea anyway. So, did you see the game yet last night, Dave? Um, we're recording on this Tuesday. So, Chelsea played last night against Brighton, 1-3-1. Hmm. Uh, thoughts? I was really disappointed, actually. Um,
0: just in, term, in Chelsea in general. I just thought they didn't look that great at all. You know, I kind of think of... I'm not saying I was expecting them to be unbelievable. I know it takes time for players to adapt. But... I'm trying to think of an equivalent. I, I thought Arsenal looked fairly good against Fulham, for example, and their team who I'm kind of expecting to be a lot different this year. And I just thought Chelsea looked well off it. Um, you know, I, I thought the general play, you know, they just look, looked really disjointed. Again, I appreciate there was new, new bodies in there. I thought have struggled a little bit in the game. Um, but yeah, a little bit disappointed to be honest.
1: Yeah, they looked at um, a little bit, little bit languid. I thought, um, almost as though it was the end of last season, as opposed mm. to a new campaign. Um, looked like the legs had gone and all that sort of stuff. But you know, Lampard's offered a bit of an insight into, and so why that's the case. Obviously, I think he's had only a few days with certain players. Um, a lot of players have been on international duty, but they have Liverpool as well. So I'm not too sure about book that one. Um I must say Timo and looked quite sharp which we will probably get to but yeah as a team they did they, they look probably the opposite of fluid um lack of understanding lack of cohesion lack of mobility but I think yeah I think Lampard probably summed it up quite well in terms of just leaning towards the, the intangibles so you know he, he lands on The fact that it was quite a resilient performance, just one of them that kind of like you know, at your best, but you managed to get away with an away win 3 1. Mm. All that sort of stuff. I think they were lucky with the penalty because up until that point, they'd they'd been virtually nothing in the game. Well, Um, just
0: just quickly on that point before you carry on, I did notice, like, I was just about to tweet last night if you knew nothing about these teams and you were told one was like a top four side and one was, you know, bottom half. I think you would have expected it to be Brighton. They were the they were the better side, you know. After an hour, although Chelsea led two one, so it was just it, you know it was a uh, Brighton had, had eleven shots. um Chelsea had only had four. Brighton had just under sixty three percent of the possession. Chelsea had, had like you know thirty seven. Um, You know they were Brighton were actually that's what I will say. Although it's a little bit off topic, I thought Brighton would look pretty good actually.
1: Yeah, the thing with Brighton. Toothless when it comes to the actual mm-hmm. business end of the pitch, in terms of putting the ball in the net, they're not clinical enough. Um, obviously, Liverpool are Salah if he stays in this mood, you know, I'm looking forward to him getting potential chances. Obviously, they've got Keppel in goal still. Um, but you mentioned about Chelsea there, particularly Chelsea's start. I'm just checking now, but I remember watching the game at the time and it felt like. About like an hour passed, and Havertz hadn't touched the ball. Um, I'm pretty sure. So Havertz's first touch was was eight minutes in. Um, so he went, he, went, he went, eight minutes without touching the ball, and even even that touch was just one one flick on to Werner. Um <clears throat> I didn't like how Lampard used him. To be honest, I think he's. I think you're missing the trick if you if you don't use Havertz in a central position. Because he's so like ambidextrous, almost really two-footed. Spatial awareness is brilliant. I think if you if you play him on a wing, you're, um, yeah, yeah, you're missing the trick. You're not getting the best out of him for me. Yeah, and he played. I think he played Vender through the middle, four-two-three-one, lost his cheek through the middle. Um, yeah, and he looked and, well I bet off. the right. Didn't he look off at Loftus Cheek? Yeah. Well, there, there was one point where he was. He, he was playing with vernon just had to play him yeah. in that was, that, that was it and he, he played the pass like it was like he was playing in the park or something i think he tries to make
0: um he tries to Meg dunk but i'm like just get the ball around him you know where you've trained with Wayne, and out for a while you know how quick he is just put it either side of him and let him run onto it but he tries to make him and it just doesn't come off um it's quite frustrating because you know i, I would have liked you know this game on the weekend. The side. I just would have liked to see him a, You know, open his account and kind of see how far he can go this year. Um, but he was let down a little bit by plays around. But he did look sharp. Definitely looked sharp.
1: Yeah, well, I was just going to say, what, what did you think of Vana? Because I've, I've just checked his numbers. He actually had five shots hmm. and assisted the shots as well. So he played a key role in in six of Chelsea's shots there. Hmm. And they had they had a total of. Um, nine. So he's, he's, he's probably been the best player on the day for them, but as opposed to, well, maybe he's James alongside him, but other than them two, I, I, I don't think they had, they had much on a day, Chelsea. So I think they've got quite a bit to do in, in, the week up until facing, facing the champions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's definitely, you know, fair. I think Lampard secretly, had, he actually alluded to it in his, before the match. I think he would have really liked to have seen Havertz look on it. Alongside Wayne and just a player, just look that you know. Sorry, just the team, just look a lot more fluid. And he's probably now thinking, well, they, they weren't really. So, you know, does that change uh, how he kind of approaches the game against
1: Liverpool? I'm not sure. Um, just just out of interest, Dave, when he's got a fully fit squad, how are you using that team? I mean, I put you on the spot a little bit there, but how how, how would you how would you deploy them? I don't know.
0: It's it it depends really. I've I just I think he might have to try. It's really difficult to keep players happy, but I don't know if maybe he's just gonna to have to accept that he can't have all the players playing at the same time. So because he could maybe go for like a four three three. I guess because you want to include obviously Werner in there. I think people forget about Pulisic, He's he looked fantastic when he started to playing regularly last season. Um. I'd have it is Have it is actually the toughest one for me to place. You know, I don't know. I feel like he the formation needs to be built a little bit more around him than anyone else. So I'm not sure how he's going to do that. Whether he's going to use him as like a ten and a four two three one, I don't know. Is the answer, Josh? I think I think of all the teams in the Premier League, they're the ones look at and think. I'm not sure how they're going to they're going to line up.
1: Yeah, as I said, I think I think you're right in terms of. Have it kind of being a bit of a Firmino, really, in terms of, um, you do have to work around him a little bit. He's not the type of player you can just stick on the wing or, mm. or something like that. Although he's incredibly versatile, mm. he's clearly very good at set things. Mm. And yeah, like, it, I, I like the thought of Havit playing like Firmino, Verner playing as Mane and you know, maybe. Pulisic on, on the opposite side, but then obviously Pulisic, I think, is right-footed. Yeah. You could look at a, maybe a 4-4-2 with Werner and Havertz through the middle and Ziyech and Pulisic on the flanks. I see Ziyech as well, yeah. That's what I mean, he's got a lot. And yeah, it, yeah. Considering how much he's got, I'm not sure he's the best to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not really a problem. It's a nice problem, isn't it? But in terms of being a bit of a tactical mind who's going to integrate and and you know all that sort of stuff mm. you, you've you got to, it's playful there like yeah no it's um it's a really good point
0: because yeah okay it's fantastic attackers and you've got loads to choose from but would you be especially as a, as a young manager would you be better just having a set kind of two or three forwards that you know where you're starting forwards and it's kind of a lot more simple because Obviously, he's now a game into the season. Three points on the board, of course. But you're like, I don't think he probably knows his best, his best side. You know, his best attack. Even how they're going to play this year, he probably has an idea, but he doesn't know for sure. And it seems a little bit like people always say, you know, it's a really good headache to have. I'm not always convinced by that saying. I think it can be a little bit of a unnecessary distraction.
1: Yeah, and to be honest, considering how the season has just kind of like started at a bit of a out of nowhere really you're probably looking beyond christmas before he gets an actual feel for who has to play where they have to play who he can leave out and get away with but even like Sir hudson but Tommy abram you're not even thinking about them and they're yeah. two really talented kids who are still twenty, twenty two 22 and 21 maybe or something like that i
0: think they should be moving to be honest before the window shuts um, because they're clearly not going to play. You've got Mason Mount as well. thought Mason Mount looked okay when he came on yesterday. Um, Mason, so you've include Mason Mount in there, you've got like three players who will be like bit part roles, cup games and maybe Mount will have more of a say actually, but certainly Abraham and Hudson-Odoi, I can't see them you know, playing week in, week out. So if I was
1: them, even if it was just a low move, I'd try and, try and get out again. Um, yeah, well, loftus Chief played as the number 10. You've got Ross Barkley coming on playing as Whatever you wants, to play as, and yeah. yeah, he has got to play full. And as I said, it's it's a nice thing to have, maybe if you on the all, but I'm not sure I'd have that much faith in Lampard to get the right stuff out of the right players and you know, all that sort of stuff. But just to capture the performance against Brighton, um, they got outshot, so Brighton had 13, Chelsea had nine, and the expected goals, Brighton 1.3. Chelsea 1.2 but that's including the penalty and a penalty is usually about 0.76 so without the penalty Chelsea you know virtually not in there to be honest not until you're able to talk from a Liverpool perspective but it's just it's how on it they'll be able to get in the space of a week on the mental side as well Mm. you know all that sort of stuff If, If I got a bit of a vibe to be honest in the match that the he kind of knew all the signs that they'd made. They, they were the last to play on the weekend. It felt like there was a bit of a spotlight on them, and it felt like they were a little bit uncomfortable with that. I thought, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's going to take a bit, a bit longer than than Chelsea wants to actually get all things firing for them. Yeah, which is which is fine. You
0: know, we we accept there might be some sort of adaptation period, but you don't want to be facing Liverpool. And it's probably a good time from a Liverpool perspective to, to be playing them, uh, rather than playing them, you know, two months down the line where he's maybe settled on a form of, you know, starting Um It's probably a good time for Liverpool to play them. And obviously they still have some weaknesses that we'll probably come on to now that can be exploited.
1: Yeah, I mean, top of that list, the goalkeeper. Mm. You can't look past him, can you? No. Do, do you even think he'll start? After 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 yesterday, you know, you got the you got the champion. You're gonna you're gonna face at least five shots on target, probably. Um, do you think he's starting? Um, I think you he get, might. If he gets dropped two games in, that's a that's a hell of yeah. a statement. Huh?
0: I mean, the, the interesting thing is, and and you always have to take anything in in, in press conferences with a, a pinch of salt because it's only the manager telling you what he wants you to hear. But, you know lampard said after the game that i'm pretty sure he said they, they weren't looking at another goalkeeper um but they also said that he was quite quite happy with kepper's performance he said I, i'm not i am not seen if he's if he, if he could have done better for the goal but i thought he was good on the night i didn't you know i thought he probably could have done better for the goal and a couple of times he flapped as well from corners um I just think the damage is done. I actually think Kepa is now beyond the point of return. People, when they talk about him, reference the the Gea's first season, or the, the Hayes first season at United, um, as the kind of something to compare it to and look how he went on. But I just think Keppers won't come back from this at Chelsea because the players just have no faith in him. He hasn't really shown anything. You no, he, he wouldn't even say, oh, well, he's a great shot stopper, because he's not. So you're like, what is he actually good at? Um, and that's a difficult question to ask. I think.
1: Coming yeah, answer, no. I should say. Yeah, no, I do think he. Um, the, the comparisons with a young De Gea are a little bit, little bit off for me. Um, I don't think that I get is I don't see much in him in terms of what he's going to become and like that. And I think he's he, he's he's going to cost you points at the end of the day. He's really going to cost you points. And I think generally talking about points and goal difference and over the course of a full campaign, I think the contribution of a goalkeeper is probably a bit underrated. To be honest, I think if you one I was watching Monday Night Football last night, and I think one a point kind of Neville never made quite accurately is that you can't really think of one as a single Premier League winner really who have, who have managed it with a with a bad keeper. Mm. I can't. I, I think the closest that I can think of is is Mignolet with Liverpool. Obviously, we f- fell short on the Rodgers and stuff, but it doesn't. It just doesn't really happen much. And another, another point that was made was that you know, when when a season's finished, and a title winner wants to go and look and strengthen a new team. It strengthening the team, strengthen the title winning team to go again. They might look at like, oh, we can improve there. We can we can upgrade that position. It's never the keeper, is it? They, they no. never look at the keeper after after winning the league and go, "We can improve our goalkeeper." Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's just it doesn't seem to ever happen. It's kind of like a a vital thing. And from a Liverpool perspective, from a Liverpool forward perspective, y- you would be licking your lips, wouldn't
0: you? Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: To, to the extent that maybe it even comes into the tacticals talking and that, and you think and see yourself like from from the perspective of shot locations. Maybe a kind of if if your usual barrier is eighteen yard box, maybe you're extending it by five yards just for, for the sake of Kepa. Open the parameters a little bit. Well, yeah,
0: exactly. who was in goal for the meeting at Anfield?
1: Uh, I think it was Kepa, yeah, because oh, I think yeah. he missed, I think the next one was when he got dropped because he obviously conceded five. Yeah, well,
0: you know, <laughs> there's a reason behind that, but. Fabinho was was that the game where Fabinho scored the Worldie? No, it wasn't. Yeah, was I, think it? So. I think so. Or was it? Was that Palace? Palace. You know, no, they're all merging into one. Those lo- lockdown games. Um, yeah. I mean, Alexander Arnold scored an amazing free kick, didn't he? Um, the one I'd be thinking about on that on that point that you're talking about, Josh, is the, the, the set pieces, corners. You know, I r- play for the corners a little bit more because you've got phenomenal. Um, Delivery into the box, you know, in the form of Robertson and Trent, and then um, Van Dijk is just really difficult to track in the air. You, you know, he obviously scored on the weekend with a header, and you'd fancy him to do it again. So, would would there maybe be more of an emphasis on driving that towards the byline and winning corner balls, knowing that they could be um, ways to basically create really good scoring opportunities? Where in previous games or other games, you may be inclined to turn back, you know, maintain possession, maintain pressure. Maybe in this game, it'll be a case of, you no, know, you know, hit the ball at them, win the corner
1: ball, and that's going to be a really good attacking opportunity for us. Yeah, no, it's a good shot. Last time we played Stamford Bridge, we obviously won 2 1. And I'm talking in the Premier League at least, and both, both of our goals were pieces of sense, scored a direct free kick, and then we got another free kick near the corner flag, it came in and was headed in by, I think, Firmino. So uh, it's definitely, I think we scored, I think we scored one, a like, pass up to five that we scored at Anfield in the second meeting. Um, and if we didn't, I remember sending out an Analyse Anfield newsletter on a little um, ploy used by Wine on vs James where there was a block involved. That would have been on the newsletter if you've signed up, if you haven't. Sorry, <laughs> but um, do it now, <laughs> yeah. Do it now, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think set pieces are a big thing, and I, I'm not sure. I don't think Brighton scored from one, did he? No, no, he no
0: As but, I said, they did have, and I'm, I think Dunk misses a good chance. Yeah, he did. If that did that come from a set piece, I think so, yeah. Otherwise, why is yeah. Lewis Dunk at the back post? You know what yeah, I mean? True, yeah. So talk, you're
1: yeah, talking a fancy football mates could have done with that one going in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think from the perspective of Chelsea, they're not really ideally suited to to dealing with with set pieces. I don't think Thiago Silva will play just yet. No. Check still in goal. The the heights that Lampard was talking about wanting to add, I'm not sure really sure he's added. I mean, Habert is about six two, but you know, in terms of defending corners, I'm not sure he's going to offer you a great deal.
0: No, um, not a
1: game really, is it? No. One other little weakness that I'd like to just put a note on is obviously Salah was playing out of his skin against Leeds and Ben Chilwell is injured and Marcos Alonso receives pelts basically by the Chelsea support as far as I'm aware at least. don't think he's the best on the defensive side. He's about 32, I think, 33 maybe. Is he? Or am I, am I over, overdoing that? Well, I'll check now. Go on, continue with your point. Um, Obviously, he's not the quickest. So, I can see Salah maybe getting a lot of joy there. Um, I think last time Salah played Chelsea. I 29, think, 30 this year. 29, yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: it was I 30 you're not, this year, so he's not far off.
1: Yeah. I think last time Salah played Chelsea as well, I think mm. Rudiger gave him a bit of a, a difficult time. And Rudiger didn't play against Brighton, did he? It was a. Uh, Christensen, who's about 5'10", I think, mm. and, and Kate Zouard, I think it was. So may, maybe Salah will get a bit more joy again this week.
0: Yeah, I think the form he's in, Alonso, you know, most likely fairly low on confidence. You probably look at him as someone who offers more in attack than defence. Yeah, his work's cut out, definitely against Salah, as I said, especially in this form, and that's... That could kind of be one of the areas where Liverpool kind of get the most joy in the game. I, I, I must be honest; I'm not. Uh, it, I imagine this game will get a lot of build up, but I'll i would be expecting something special from Chelsea to to try and from what I from what I witnessed on Monday to to get something out of this one.
1: Well, we might as well use that as a segue to predictions. Then, um, how do you see this one? Maybe playing out on the tactical side and stuff like that and being won and lost. And what score do you actually think it'll end up? So, I fancy Liverpool for this one. Um,
0: beyond everything we talked about on the Leeds game, I just thought that game, that goal was really important in terms of starting with a win. If you were to drop points in game one, you know, you would have straight away been on the back foot pretty much, wouldn't you, to an extent? Uh, obviously, it wouldn't be in panic stations by any means. So, I think there'll be a, that feel-good factor. I think Liverpool's just got so much more from an attacking point of view. Still really strong from a defensive point of view. So, I fancy Liverpool to win 3-1. I think there will be a set-piece goal in there, and then probably back Salah to get another one as well. And know else I fancy score. Full of predictions today, normally it's just a score scoreline. <laughs> uh, I try not to give too many because it gives you more opportunities to be wrong, but... I think you might see a bit of a reaction from from uh, Firmino as well, because um, you know he's been getting a lot of stick, and I think he uh, he doesn't he hasn't become a bad player overnight, so I suspect you might see a bit of a reaction from him.
1: Yeah, hopefully, You EQ a few to be honest. And <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's it's difficult one this because uh, it it really does depend on what Chelsea turn up, and um, if the Chelsea that turned up. Last year at Stamford Bridge, turn <laughs> up. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I think it will be maybe a draw. Even though we won that game two one, I feel like they were really competitive in that game. We benefited from set pieces, but the actual performances of both sides was quite even, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Chelsea end like they were against Brighton, and you know if the new faces are still not really too settled, if Thiago Silva doesn't play, Chilwell is out still. Um, if Havertz plays on the wing again.
0: <laughs> Practically That's, right back, I think it was. I saw there, Stan <laughs> Maguire, shared a visit this morning. Looks like, like he's playing right back.
1: <laughs> yeah. So if, if that Chelsea turns up, I think Liverpool will win, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go 2-1 Liverpool, but it does it does feel like one of those that it's too early to see how Chelsea, it's too early to see the season Chelsea are going to have, I think is what I'm getting at. Hmm. Um to be honest, the first two weeks for Liverpool to play Chelsea and Leeds, Liverpool are offering an insight for the league of what those two teams are going to have in terms of the season. Two, two unknown teams, they're really in terms of how Bielsa's style of play is going to cope in the Premier League, how all these new players are going to cope with Lampard and all that sort of stuff. So Liverpool are really offering the first insights into that. So it, from our perspective, it really is complete predictions at the minute. But um hopefully we're right, hopefully Liverpool win. And and yet yeah, we'll be we will be back next week to talk about the match, how it went and we will be looking ahead to another difficult game in Arsenal away from home I think. In, in I fact know, I would think it's at Anfield. I think that's yeah, a tough
0: game been,
1: isn't it. Play yeah. them out be fair time playing in about eight weeks. <laughs> yeah yeah and we haven't we haven't actually fared too well Actually, we beat, we got beaten the charity shield, obviously on pens at least. Yeah, and we lost two one at the Emirates because of really uncharacteristic mistakes, which are unlikely to serve us again. I'm think and, and I'm expecting considering uh, we'd won the league back then, we haven't now. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to that next week anyway. So nice one for tuning in, Dave, uh, for for joining us, Dave, and, uh, <laughs> and tuning in after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you feel better though ahead of next week. Hopefully, mate. Thanks. Cheers, everyone. (laughs) Cheers. Nice one for tuning in. See you next week.
0: You've been listening to the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red channel.